Hey, you're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. Everyone, welcome. And uh, I just want to say a big hello to everyone. We already miss you. Um, it's only been uh, two weeks, but um, and some people have been isolated because they've come from overseas, we understand. And... Um, you know, just the fact that we're, a lot of people are at home rather than at work. And um, but we want to say how much we miss you, miss your beautiful faces. It's good to be in your homes. And we want to say a big uh, thank you that you've allowed us to come into your home. And the real privilege and the honor to be able to speak the word of God um, and share the word of God. And, and really, before God has been seeking the, uh, his face um, this week and asking God, what are you saying? What do you want to say to your people? We need to hear what God is saying in this time. Uh, we're, we're living in uncharted waters. We've never been this way before. We're talking about the nations now. We're not just talking about us as a community, us as a church, or even us as a, a, a nation like Australia. We're talking about all the nations in the world uh, 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 walking through uncharted waters. We've never been here before. Uh, we will look back in history, and we'll look back and go, remember those days. We'll tell our children about the what we walked through and what we're walking through. Um, and so... I do believe God is doing something. And um, one of the things that I want to say to us as a people, uh, no matter where you're listening from, is fear not, for I am with you. That's what the Lord says in the Word of God. Many, many scriptures about fearing not. No matter what we go through, even though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the promise there in Psalms 23 is that He will be with you. His staff, His rod comforts us. Fear not, for I am with you. Even in the valley of the shadow of death, even in the face of death, we should not fear. Um, many, many scriptures in the Bible, many promises, many encouragements from prophets and from God himself. When people faced the war, when they were going into battle, God said, fear not, for the battle is mine. I mean, there were, there were many things that they had to face, and the Lord actually says, don't fear. But in the natural, you think you've got everything to fear, and God still says, don't fear. So in the natural, people that don't have a relationship with Jesus and don't understand what we're facing through God's perspective, God's viewpoint um, are scared, are running scared. They, they, they don't, there is an unknown about it. We don't know how long this is going to happen, how long, how long, if we do get shut down to our homes or so to speak, or if I do lose my job and it's going to last for six months. There is a lot of fear and, not, and, and, and even the fear of catching the virus. People are afraid of catching the virus. And so there's a lot of fear out there. But the Lord himself, if he was here right now, he'd say, fear not, for I am with you. This is the time to take Psalms 91 and to believe that we are abiding under the shadow of the Almighty and that no pestilence, no plague, no nothing can come near our dwelling. God promises that to us. So I want to touch on how God views it. Now, let's, let's remind ourselves that God wasn't taken by surprise. God didn't say, oh, no, what's happening here with this virus? Oh, no, the nations. Uh, it, it didn't take him by surprise. He knew it was going to happen. We understand that of God, and, and so, so we want to see things through His perspective. We want to see things, how does He view what we're facing as uh, people in every nation? How does God view this? Um, please hear the heart of God. Don't be taken up with what you're facing in the natural and be offended at God. Because, first of all, I don't believe God sends these things um, to destroy us. He sends that. These things are sent by the enemy, and so we know that Satan himself comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So we know that it's from the enemy, it's from the evil one. 
But God will use it for His good. He will use it for His benefit. He will use it for His kingdom. God always does that. Joseph was, um, the Bible, Joseph quoted, he goes, you meant this for evil when he was thrown, um, sold as a slave, almost killed by his own brothers, sold as a slave. And then, um, then he was accused of rape and all this stuff. And he said to his brothers, you meant this for evil. In other words, the enemy behind this whole situation wanted to get to Joseph and, and destroy him. He goes, but God meant it for good. So God used what the enemy wanted for evil and turned it around. I believe the same thing's happening right now that what the enemy wants to do through disease and through pestilences and through these plagues and or, or any sickness, um, he wants to destroy life. That's all he cares about. Because we know that the devil, Jesus said this about the devil. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're going to get angry at anybody, get angry at the devil because he's the one that does that. God will use what's happening to bring people back to himself. God has always done that in the Bible. He, he wants to bring this he wants to bring people back to himself. In um, Haggai chapter 2, verse 5, I just want to read this. Haggai chapter 2, verse 5 to 9. According to the word that I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, so my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Again, now he's saying, do not fear. No matter what's happening, because I've covenanted with you, because I've relationship with you, do not fear. For thus says the Lord of hosts, once more, it is in a little while, I will shake heaven and earth, the sea and the dry land. God says he will shake heaven and earth, and I will shake all nations, God says. God says he's going to shake all nations, and they shall come. I love this. God will shake all nations, and they shall come to the desire of all nations. When you look up the word desire, it speaks of delight. Who is the delight of all nations? Who is the desire of all nations? I can tell you straight out, this is clearly talking about Jesus. He's going to shake all nations, and because the nations have been shaken, the whole purpose of the nations being shaken is so that they can come to the desire of all nations, so they can come to Jesus. That's God's motive uh, when the nations are shaken. Um, I believe the nations are shaken because of the result of us running away from God or walking away from God or not wanting God in our relationships, not wanting God in our lives. It says they'll come to the, the desire of all nations, and I will fill this temple, talking about the, God's house, God's house is God's people with glory, says the Lord of hosts. And then he goes on to say, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of hosts. The glory of this later temple, the, the church, the people of God, shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. And in this place, I will give peace, says the Lord of hosts. God's going to give peace when people have a relationship with him. God's going to give peace with the house, people that are in the house of God, because the glory of the later house is going to be better than the former. So God's bringing us into a beautiful love relationship with Him. And in Haggai 2, verse 21, it goes on to say, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. Now he's talking about earthly kingdoms. He's talking about man-made kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I mean, that's very clear. It's right in your word, right in the Bible. Haggai chapter 2, verse 22. God says, I will destroy the earthly kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariots and those who ride in them. Chariot speaks of what we make in the time of war to fight, and it speaks of man-made things. And it says, uh, the horses and their riders shall come down, every one by the sword of his own brother. In other words, God's saying, I will bring judgment to everything we build. Everything we do without God, it will come down. It will be shaken. What's the purpose of nations being shaken? Um, what is, uh, let me read in Hebrews. We just want to, this is so important to understand. 
Because this is the perspective of God, what He sees in this. It's completely different to what we're viewing and what we hear on the media. So you've got to be careful if you don't overfeed yourself with media because a lot of it's going to feed fear into our hearts and minds. And this is found in Hebrews chapter 12 and in verse 20, 20, we can start at 25. It's so good we've got to start at 25. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. Again, by refusing God who speaks, for if they did not escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. So in a sense, the planet, let me use the whole planet, every nation, if we don't have a relationship with God, and obviously there's a lot of people that do have a relationship with God, but there's a lot of people that also turn their back on God. They, don't, they, want, they want to do life without God. They don't want to have a relationship with their Creator. And so because we turn away from Him who speaks from heaven, that is God the Father, whose voice then shook the earth. God's voice shook the earth in the Old Testament. But now He has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but I also shake heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of, of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. I'll read that again. This once more indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, and the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Think about that for a second. God's, in a sense, shaking the nations. When something's shaken, if something is on a faulty foundation, if it's not on a good foundation, to me that is a, is a picture of what are we building our life on. Jesus used the example, if you hear my words and don't do it, you build your house on sand. So when the floods come, the storms come, the winds blow, beat on that house, and it fell, and it was a great fall of the house. It crashed, and there was a lot of devastation because you built a house on sand. I mean, who's going to go build a house on sand? You're not going to go to Bronte, Brightly Sands or Bondi, one of your beaches where you're from, and build, see this guy's building a house on sand. I mean, it's crazy because you know there's no foundation. Once it rains and it softens the foundation, you're not, you, it's on shaky ground. And, and whatever you build that is not from built on God's rock, the Word of God. Because Jesus says, if you hear my words and do it, I'll liken you to build a house on a rock. And he says the floods came, the rain came, the storms come. In other words, the storms and the floods come to both houses. One who's the hearer of the Word and doesn't do it. So he just hears it but doesn't do it, doesn't live it. The other one hears the Word and does do it. His house is built on the rock. So when that, it, the shaking comes, comes, once you shake, if it's built on the Word, what, whatever area of your life is built on the Word, it can't move anywhere. It's not going to move. And that's what it's referring here. Whatever can be shaken, if you build something that's not on the Word of God, on relationship with God, it'll fall away. But you've got to look at it this way. When it falls away, it's a good thing. God's shaking to get our attention. All right? Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom, we're receiving a God's kingdom, which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for God is a consuming fire. I think people have forgotten that God is a consuming fire. Like, so so I, I liken what's happening. When you look through God's eyes, yes, there's a shakening. There's a shakening of the nations. Um, if I was to have told you a few months ago, even early January, if I was to say to you that in 2020, these things are going to be gone. Travel will be banned completely. If I was to say sports and sporting arenas, rugby league, NFL, you name it, all the, the, the sporting games, would, the, 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 that would stop. That would literally cancel the game or suspend the game. If I was to say entertainment and clubs and pubs were, were going to be closed. If I was to have said, four, I'm talking about three months ago, all the churches and buildings all around the world, 
The building's closed. Not the church, but the building's closed where we can't gather. If I was to say that was going to happen, we would have gone, what? No way. No one would have believed us. Well, me, if I had that information. Now, now I'm just saying as an example that we, you know, like, even go, I'm going on and on, even restaurants and cafes, who was to say that they were going to be closed? Or take away, there's a lot of places in the world that are fully on lockdown where you can't leave the home unless you go get food, you know, like groceries. So, so we're talking about, this is happening, a worldwide phenomena. Um, not to mention the economy crashing. Like, if I was to have said this is going to happen three or four months ago, no one would have believed it. But now we've got to be careful we don't get used to what we're facing. We, we sort of rely, okay, it's okay, this is what we're facing, but not seeing what God's doing behind the scenes. In Egypt, when Moses, God called Moses to take his people out of Egypt, the children of Israel, it's like, there's been, I don't know, two to three million people there with children. Uh, and and, and he, God called him to bring his people out because they were in bondage and slavery. And he did 10 plagues. Now, it doesn't tell us the time frame of the 10 plagues. So I believe when some of those plagues happened, flies coming and locusts coming and, you know, eating up all the food and, and all the vegetation, and it would have just been a phenomenon. Was, uh, everyone would have thought it's a natural phenomenon. Sure. Was, wow, look at that. Natural phenomenon. Like, locusts have just eaten all our food, all our vegetation. But you know what? Where the children of Israel lived, it never touched their crops. It never touched their life. The frogs never went into their homes. The frogs went into, I mean, that's another phenomenon. It's like, what? Where are these frogs coming from? I'm telling you, most of the Egyptians would have just thought, oh, well, it's just a plague of frogs. It's just a multiplication. It just happens. Scientifically, they just breed it, you know? You know what I'm saying? Like, they wouldn't have thought, this is God, this is God. When they were living through it, I'm telling you, they would not have thought, this is God shaking the foundations. And so there was a time, I read one of the, one of the um, plagues in Egypt, is when the stones, uh, fire and brimstone was going to kill all the cattle. Uh, and all the people that were out there. And it actually says that the, uh, the Lord said to them, even the servants of Pharaoh that feared the word of the Lord, he told them, take your cattle, and he warned them, take your cattle, take all your people and your servants, bring them in the house, because this, you know, brimstone's going to come down. Fire and brimstone from heaven's going to fall. Those that respected the word of the Lord obeyed, were safe, but those that didn't were killed. So God even gave the Egyptians opportunity to bring their cattle in and their people in, a lot of them didn't obey. So, so God's in this is redemptive. God is merciful. God is gracious. God is trying to say, it's more important for you to love me. To the point where God shut down so much, in a sense. I mean, please understand, I do believe the enemy shut it down. But God wants to use this moment. God wants to use this window of opportunity to say, you know what? Put me first. Because even the church, if you idolize church, the gatherings, the people, the building, the ministry, you can make ministry an idol. So in a sense, the gods of this world have fallen overnight. We've fallen in three months. So, so what, why is God doing that? Why is the shaking happening? Um, I understand this. This is what I understand of the judgment of God. It's like the prodigal son. The prodigal son uh, took his stuff. If you know about the story of the prodigal son, he pretty much says, Dad, I want all my stuff. All, my, all that's belonging to me, give me all my inheritance. Dad gave to him. Now, he could have went out and started his own life and, and still be in great relationship with his dad, but he didn't. He wasted all his dad's money, wasted it on, on, on really lustful living and living for himself and selfishly, and, and he just partied and partied and partied, wasted it to the point where he lost everything, and then he got so bad, so desperate, there's a famine in the land, he couldn't even get a job, and now he's feeding pigs, and he wanted to eat the food that the pigs were eating. It got so bad. Now, did the father want that to happen to his son? Think about it. Absolutely not. The father never wanted him to walk away. He had a free will. He had a free will to say, I want my staff. I want my inheritance. I want to live my own life. 
The father never wanted him to do that. And so the, the sense of lost, he lost everything, uh, and he's now rock bottom, and now he's so hungry, so starving, and probably all his mates left him. I, I, for sure that would happen. And now all he wants to do, he eats the food that the pigs are eating, and he thinks to himself, man, if I only go back to my father's house, I can live, a servant lives better than what I'm living. So this form of judgment that fell on him was because of his disobedience. It wasn't that God wanted him to go through that. You can't say, oh, well, God sent that judgment because God's a cruel God. God's not a cruel God. God in all this is a loving, merciful God. He's a, a good God, but he's, there's also severity. The, the Bible speaks of the goodness and the severity of God. If you go, no, Leah, that's Old Testament. What about the New Testament? What about the book of Revelations? What about the, the wrath of God, the judgment of God, and the, and the veils and the things that come, the bowls of heaven? There's all these pictures of stuff happening in the last days. That, again, is the sense of, come back to me. Come back to me. Because the world, the earth is now reeling in how we've treated the, the earth, how we've treated one another. And so it's not that God wants this judgment to happen. He'd want you just to come back to him and, and come to him because he's loving arms. This father, the prodigal son, Bible says when the guy got up and came back to the father, from a distance the father saw him. How on earth could he see him from a distance? I believe because every day, every morning, every afternoon, he's looking, he's looking, he's looking, would my son, would my son come home? That's the father's heart. He's saying, would my children come home? I'm shaking the nations. Think about it for a second. Worldwide. If you, if you worship money as your God and you trusted in money to make you happy, I mean, money, I mean, the stock market is crashing. People have lost money overnight. I mean, if you had a job, you would lose your job. A lot of people have lost their jobs. It's just, and I do believe it's a season. I do believe it's a short season, a short window. And what God is saying, even to the point where we are forced to stay home, in some nations you're literally forced to stay home, and that could happen here. But we know where you're at lockdown in a sense. And so what are you going to do when you're locked down? I'll tell you a couple of things that you can do. You can go run to your idols. A lot of people are doing that. Or you can run to Jesus. Now, the choice is ours. I believe this with all my heart. I've heard stories where big um, alcohol companies, their sales is $26,000 a day. That's what they're trying to hit. And for this season, this time in our city, it jumped at $56,000, something like that. Why? Because people are thinking, if I get stuck at home, I'm going to go... You know, they're going to the bottle as an idol, as a God, as a source of comfort, as a source of happiness, as a source of getting rid of all my worries and fear. So you can do that with anything. Now, God wants us to take this moment saying, he's trying to get our attention, if that's the right way of saying it. And God, in his love, is saying, I'm the best for you. I'm so loving, so gracious. Spend time with me. Let me fill you up with my love. I love you so dearly. But if we don't make a decision to spend time with him, we'll go home and you know what we'll do? Watch more TV, watch more movies, watch more Netflix, play more games, um, you know, get drunk. People that I'm talking about, people that don't know Jesus. Uh, we're going we're gonna to run to our gods even at home. I'm saying this is a moment for the nation to repent and say, God, we come back to you. There is a window of opportunity. Um, I believe the church, um, God is saying, because the judgment comes to the house of God first. So the Bible says in the New Testament, so in a sense, God's shaken the church because if you put uh, ministry as an idol, if you put crowds as an idol, if you put accolations of man as an idol and applaud of people, um, that's gone overnight. If you had a massive, massive church building overnight, you can't even meet at the moment. I, I believe we'll get back to that because in the Bible, it says daily in the temple they met corporately and from house to house. But I believe, I'm saying, God, what do you want to do? When this is over, 
Does God want business as usual? Does God want church as usual? Please don't do that. Now, now, you will go back to church as usual if you don't take the opportunity for this time to seek God. So this is the moment that God's saying, seek my face. What does the Bible say? If my people would humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways. So obviously there must be a turning. Turning from our idols, our selfishness, our greed. We all got that. I've got it. I say, God, show me what my idols are. Turn from our wicked ways and turn to him. Seek his face. That's beautiful. That's relationship. And the Lord says, I will hear you. I will heal your land. And he'll restore. He'll heal. I mean, our land needs healing right now. And so it's when the church of Jesus Christ turns from their wicked ways, humbles themselves, seeks God's face and prays, spends time with the Father. So this is a moment where God is saying, come. You know, in Isaiah 26, verse 20, check this out. Go, my people. This is talking about a season of judgment against Israel. Go, my people, and against the nations. Go, my people, enter your rooms. Shut the door behind you. Hide yourself for a little while until his wrath has passed by. What an interesting scripture. Isaiah 26, verse 20, just talks about seclude yourself. Get before me. Take the time for isolation, if that's what you need to do, before the Lord. Well, you come out like John the Baptist, you know, when he's out in the wilderness, he comes, he's a fire-breathing, on-fire lover of God, and he preaches the gospel with power and authority. So, so I hope you're hearing that the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. God wants to redeem, and in his love and his mercy, he wants to bring you back to himself. He's giving you opportunity. Egypt, the ten plagues were an opportunity for them to repent. It was an opportunity for Pharaoh to let go and, 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 and to have repented. If they repented, they would have had found mercy, 100%. That's the heart of God. And so you might think, oh, Leo, what are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying God loves you so dearly. He doesn't want to let you go to hell. There is a hell that we will face in eternity. That means if we don't have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, you see, we, this, is, this is the good news. This is really, really good news. I'm about to tell you the best news you'll ever hear ever, that God the Father sent His Son through a virgin birth, lived a perfect life without sin. That's Jesus Christ. He walked this earth over 2,000 years ago, walked completely obedient to the Father, never, ever sinned, never disobeyed God, and he did great miracles, signs and wonders documented, not just in the Bible, but other historians wrote about Jesus. And then when Jesus chose to lay down his life, allow them to crucify him, he died on a cross. He hung there for six hours for you, hung there for six hours for me, bled until the blood left his body and he had the, the, the spirit, he gave up his spirit. The Bible says Jesus gave up the ghost. He gave up his spirit to the Father. And when he died, he didn't die for himself. He had no sin to die for. He died for the sins of humanity so that we could have a relationship with God. And it's a free gift. I mean, what do I have to do for that? What do I have to do to be forgiven? Nothing. Just believe. Just believe. Obviously, the, the belief is what turns your heart. It's like I'm living for myself. I'm, re, I'm, I'm following my own selfish needs and my own things to fill my heart. I repent. That means to change my thinking, change my mind about my life. I don't own my life. God owns my life. He loves me so much that Jesus died on the cross for me in my place. And he says, I forgive you for free if you put your faith in him. What? For free? Absolutely. I forgive you for free if you put your faith in him and you turn from your wicked ways. That means we, 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 say, we say sorry. We repent. We acknowledge that we weren't walking with God. You've got to be honest with where you're at. You say, you know what? I don't have a relationship with God. And I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship with God. This is all about relationship with God the Father, Heavenly Father, and we access God through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus himself says, no one can come to the Father except through me. 
Jesus said, he is the way, he's the truth, he's the life. No one can come to the Father, heaven, and a relationship with God except for me. That's why when he died on the cross, he didn't stay dead. They buried him. But three days later, he was resurrected from the dead. He defeated death on our behalf so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship with God. So if you want to accept Jesus Christ into your life, you can do that. It's so beautiful and so simple to give your life to Christ and put your faith in him. So what is God saying? It's God's, there's a divine reconnecting of his people to him, a realigning of our life. And only you can be honest with yourself. Yeah, I put work first place. I put my family first place. I was so busy doing sports and music and this and tutoring and, and everything else was taking my time except my relationship with God suffered. Now, only you can acknowledge that and I can acknowledge that and say, Lord, forgive me if I put everything else first before you. And that's what I believe God's saying. Realigning, reconnecting, restoring, and healing our hearts to bring us back into a love relationship with Him. He's reviving the church. The church worldwide was like a sleeping giant. Why is it a giant? Because it's powerful. The church is the ecclesia, the called out ones. They are separate. The word ecclesia is, was a Greek word for those that were in legislation, that was, a, that was in authority. They made legislation. They exercised authority over the people. And Jesus coined that word and called his people the ecclesia. Because we're in authority. God gave us authority. That's why we pray against coronavirus. We command it to leave. And I believe with all my heart, according to the church, coming together and praying and believing that that coronavirus will be broken. And you will see it. You will see it. I don't know when, but it's going to happen. I 100% know that it's going to happen. And so God's reviving the church. What's he doing? When someone is, has a heart attack, they're dead. And, and the rhythm, the rhythm, the beat, the beat, the beat slows down, and you, you can't breathe anymore, and you, you pass out. You get a defibrillator, and you put it on the chest. And what do you do with that? You shock the heart back to life. You pop. Sorry if that was too loud. You, you shock that person back to life. What's happening in the nations is a shock from heaven. God's trying to shock us because everyone's shocked. It's like, what's happening? You know, this can't be happening. He's shocking us to get our attention and to get us back to breathing and bringing us, reviving us to God, having a relationship with God. God's a beautiful, loving, magnificent Father, and He wants us to come back. Please see. That this, yes, it's a form of judgment, but it's not God's desire and heart for this to happen. He's just saying, come back to me. Come back to me. Your enemy will use this to steal, kill, and destroy as many people as he possibly can, even if he gets your heart offended. What? You're saying God's allowing this to happen? No. God has given us a free will. That, in that sense is why it's happening, because he gave you a free will. And that's the only sense, because he had to give you a free will. And if you choose to walk away from him, I walk away from God's umbrella of protection. This is God's protection. You walk in my ways, you get protected. You walk away, I'm no longer protected because I'm sowing evil, selfishness, sin. I'm doing bad stuff. I'm going to reap that. That's the judgment of God. And that's understanding the goodness and the severity of God. And if we, if we die, this is, a, this is the pan, pandemic. If we die without Christ, that's the pandemic. You know how many people die every day? 158 thousand every single day worldwide that's 58 million almost 58 million people every year that's a lot of people the pandemic is dying without jesus in our hearts and so we want to encourage every person that's listening to this message god loves you dearly 
He loved you so much. He was so committed to you. I'm telling you with all my heart, I believe this. I've been living this message for, since I was 19 years old. I believe this with all my heart. If there was no one else left on this planet to have died for, absolutely no one else, just you. You're the only one left on this planet. Jesus Christ would have come from heaven. Be born of a virgin birth, live a 33 years life of obedience to the Father and die in your place just so you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and be forgiven for all eternity. That's how valuable you are. That's how special you are. You might be, Lee, I'm lonely. I've got no one. I've got no family. I've got no friends. I'm isolated. I feel rejected. I feel just lonely. And I want to say God loves you where you are at right now. He'll come and meet you in your room, in your bedroom, in your lounge room. Wherever you're hearing this message, He'll come right where you are. Let me pray a prayer. Just if you're in your heart ready to accept the love of God, ready to accept His forgiveness, it's so simple. A child can do it. Children do it all the time. So let's pray. Father, let's repeat after me. I come to you, a sinner. I turn away from my sin. Forgive me, Lord, that I haven't walked with you. I haven't thought about you at times. I turn away from my selfishness and my sin. I open up the door of my heart. I ask you to come into my heart, to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Forgive me and wash me clean. Give me peace with God. Thank you for this gift of right standing with you, Father. I'm forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm a child of God. If you prayed that prayer from your heart, you believe it. The Father has accepted you into His kingdom. You've just come from the kingdom of darkness and been rescued from the kingdom of darkness and been translated into the kingdom of God. I want to encourage you. Share, share this with others. Let other people know about the good news. Share this link with others. People that you think, you know, they need to hear this. People need to hear the love of God. God loves you dearly. And you know what? You think, are we, is this the end times? We're close to the end times. Every day you go to sleep and wake up, we're that one day closer to the end times. And we need to live like Jesus could come back tomorrow. Amen. Be blessed. We love you. Now, there's been a lot of prophetic words that's saying that this era, this time is like the Lord pulling back the arrow, the bow. And right now we're in that moment of pulling back to spend time with Him. It's like the tsunami, a great, great tsunami. First, there's a big calm before the storm. There's a big pullback of water. The water goes back into the sea. We're in that moment where everything gets pulled back. And I'm telling you, a tsunami of God's love and presence and goodness and power and miracles is about to hit the nations of the world because God's pulling back the waters where we're spending time with Him, get empowered, and then we're released. Because it'll get back to where we were meeting, gathering. But I want the fire of God in the churches, in the home churches, in every believer's heart, every person leading people to Jesus. Amen. listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.